Hello, hello, and welcome to the Finding the Unicorn in You podcast. What a beautiful day to inspire lives. My name is Jaime Gabriel Ragosa, your host, and I am so excited to have you here. Let's get ready to meet some fantastic unicorns and learn how to unleash the inner unicorn in you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Finding the Unicorn in You. Today, I have the founder and CEO of Also oh Safe. Their slogan is feel safe where you live, work, and play. She is a TEDx speaker, author, and real estate agent promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace, schools, and in places of residence. She is a professional dancer and teacher who uses her performance abilities to educate on the subject. I am really excited to have her and have this conversation. So without further ado, I welcome Sabrina Oso. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here and taking the time out of your schedule. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to get into this field of work? Again, thank you for having us. It's it's a great pleasure. And I love the title of your podcast, actually. (laughs) What child doesn't like unicorns? I've had enough therapy. I've been in and out of therapy for quite some time to be comfortable enough to say that I am a, a survivor of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis. My mother would beat me so I know firsthand how difficult it is to live in such an environment, to have it really steal your life, if you will. But Oso oh Safe, my company was born out of a one-woman show that I wrote, choreographed, and performed a number of years ago. At the time, I was teaching dance, and I actually performed it with my students on stage. And, and the show was called Home, Home Sweet Home question mark. And I play different women being abused. She goes to her good place. That's where the dancing comes in. But then she's pulled back into the terror of violence. This show ends really strong, really empowering. But I did a lot of research for the show, Jaime, and I couldn't believe the statistics that I was finding. I knew my own pain, but I didn't know how common this was. So I said to myself, I need to make this into a bona fide business with products and services that could really help people. And that's how Oh So Safe was born, really, out of this one woman show. Wow. Thank you so much for being so vulnerable and for doing something like this. You're putting yourself and your story out there for people to see and you're doing something about it. It's so powerful when you know somebody that owns an organization that's providing these services also went through what you're going through. You're helping so many people being able to cope with this and be able to get over it. Thank you so much. It's like turning pain into power. Mm. And I want to point out, we're not a charity. We're not a nonprofit. We are an LLC. That was intentional. Not to take away from the nonprofits, the charities that deal with domestic violence, but we don't even like to say domestic violence. We prefer to say home violence. Because it's more inclusive and people can relate. Oh, home and wait a minute, violence. Those two should not be together in the same sentence. Exactly. Bingo. And people think with domestic violence, it's a woman's problem. And clearly it is not. And then it assumes that all of the victims are female. And that's not true either. So we prefer to say home violence and and it's a paid service. So that way the problem gets actually resolved versus waiting for donations, waiting for money to uh, trying to hunt for money when it should be a paid service. So that way it actually gets resolved. It gets 
remediated. There are solutions. Yeah, definitely. And it's a great service that you provide. So what are some examples of people or things that you do for the community that people can go to also save for? Sure. We focus on three markets, schools, workplaces, and places of residence. But our main focus is residency, if you will. I'm a real estate agent, and we are introducing this into the real estate industry, the oh-so-safe certifications for properties. What does that mean? We are saying, look, Mr. and Miss Landlord, and we want this to propagate over all residency, whether you rent, whether you own, whether you have a mortgage or not, it shouldn't matter. It's not going to matter. But we're focusing on landlords and tenants because that's the path of least resistance, if you will. We're saying, Mr. and Miss Landlord, hire us, purchase the Oh-So-Safe Home Sweet Home package. It consists of a policy, a seminar, an app, and therapists assigned to the property. Just to give a brief definition of those four components, the policy basically states, I, as a landlord, I promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. You, in turn, as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape, or form abusively. Otherwise, you, the abuser only, get immediately evicted from the premises. And we go into full knowledge knowing that would be the consequences. So there's no surprise. The second component is the seminar, the Home Sweet Home seminar. And we educate everyone, adults and children alike, on facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline, what constitutes a good relationship just to name a few items. So that way people know, oh, I didn't know that if I pull my partner's hair, that constitutes abuse. Now, and in the seminar, we are using our children's book that we just recently published. Well, not recently, it was about October, a few months now, as a staple for all residency. And it's called Home Safe Home for You and Me, especially for kids. And I could talk about the book later on in the interview. But it's going to lay the groundwork for kids to speak out if mommy and daddy are not safe, if they don't feel safe with mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad. That's all in the seminar. The third component is the oh-so-safe app. I hired a software company, according to my specifications, to, to develop technology to detect violence-like movements, and it captures them in real time, issuing alerts. So let's say you have a 10-unit building, and you get an alert as a landlord. Oh, wow, I just saw you beat the crap out of her in my unit 2, and you just beat the crap out of him in my unit 10. This is grounds for eviction. You knew that this was going to happen. I have to protect the rest of my tenants, the rest of my residents in the building. You got to go. Then the fourth and final component are therapists assigned to the property. Once a month, we require the residents to call in, check, check in with the therapist once a month. Is everything okay? Do you feel like anything is looming? Just to give an example, Mr. and Ms. Therapist, we actually, our kid came home with bad grades. We don't know how to handle this. Can you please help us out? We're not going to beat him. We're not going to verbally disparage him but we need some help. So all of these components working together makes for prevention versus waiting for an episode of violence to occur. Then police come, bad news travels fast. Then your 
safe tenants leave and then you're left with the abuser. We're looking to flip all of that. Why should you leave if you're the victim or if you're a safe practicing tenant? No, it's the abuser that has to go. So these, and then after the policy, the seminar, the app, and the, the therapists are all assigned, we put our logo outside of the property. And this signifies, okay, this property is now also safe certified. If violence happens, we have the mechanisms in place to mitigate it. And you would want to raise your kids in an also safe certified property versus one that isn't. And it just makes for better residency for all. And it's making safety a required standard condition of residency, which is how it should be. What an amazing service. And it's so unique as well. I've never heard of an apartment complex or a housing complex have assigned therapists. That is amazing, especially like with what happened with COVID-19. Therapists have been so in a scarcity environment right now to get a therapist an appointment. So if you have some like an assigned set of therapists in your facility, it just makes access a lot easier. And you can discuss and get to the root of the problems faster before it starts getting bigger and worse inside the family. I, I know if I had something like this growing up, my reality as a child into young adulthood would have been much different on a positive level. So thank you for echoing that. I know through life, we always go through different transitions and different obstacles. What was one of the obstacles that you faced trying to establish Oso oh Safe? Just getting people to think differently about violence and abuse in general, where, like I said, we're not a charity, we're not a nonprofit. And this is something that we still struggle with, but people are more, they're seeing the benefits and the, how much it's going to help people, especially in the real estate industry. Because if you think about it, all of these crimes that happen, verbal, physical, sexual abuse, it happens in some type of residency for the most part. Whether you live in a townhouse, a co-op, a condo, a single family home, a multifamily dwelling, a villa, a mansion, a senior community, the violence happens in some type of residence. So why not make residency safe with me behind it, not just saying it and not just, oh, we have the charities that handle that. Not really. So I would say that is an obstacle that is ongoing, but it's becoming less of a issue, less of an issue because it's a matter of changing people's minds and getting people to think differently about residency. Yeah. And I really, the idea of being a private business doing nonprofit work is a very unique concept, but in a way it's, it rids the limits that you, that government contracts and uh, donors put upon nonprofits because I've worked in nonprofits for quite some time now. And you're always restricted by one party or another of what kind of services you can provide. And a lot of the times the funders don't really know the services that the clients need. So as your own person, making an agency like this private, you are in control to really survey what the clients need, adapt what works, what doesn't work, and really create a service that people will benefit from, but still give that helping component out there. Yes, thank you for saying that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we, yeah, I had entertained the nonprofit 
avenue many years ago. And then when I dug deeper and I would talk to other nonprofits, they actually said, you know what, Sabrina? It's good that you're for profit. It's good that you're that stay that way because you're just going to be there's so much competition for nonprofits anyway. So it's not like people think, oh, just create a nonprofit and then the, the money will start coming in. It doesn't work that way. Mm-mm. And and like you said, who would I be? Who would what would also say be if we are under someone's thumb? Uh, the whole point of also safe is freedom is respect, is choice, and to live without any violence or abuse or chaos or dysfunction. So it it would be hypocritical of me and and my company to be under someone's thumb in any capacity. So thank you for saying that. Of course. And you decided to add a book to to add another layer to the safety. Tell me about what led to you saying, I'm going to write a children's book to add on to my business? Yes, I have. I've been actually, I wanted to write this book for quite some time. And then I started, it was published, I I believe, yes, September, October. And the inspiration of it is actually my niece. And I dedicated the book to her on the first page. And like I said, it's home safe home for you and me. And The book is about giving voice to children, giving them, letting them know that they have choice when it comes to their residency. And I thought long and hard about this because I I said to myself, I have personal and professional experience in what I'm about to say. The laws, the courts, the judges, the child protective service agencies, it's horrible out there. I mean, it's just, it's horrendous. And I would say that this is, it's definitely horrible in the U.S. Uh, So we cannot wait until a child is 18 years old to have agency over his or her life. It's ridiculous to me. So if their parents are abusive, why wait until they're 18 years old when they know who makes them feel safe when they're teeny tiny? From zero to six years old, it's called the formative years. They know who makes them feel safe. They know who respects them. Even if they can't talk yet, they know who makes them feel good. So why not, if there's an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a close family friend that's willing to take them in, why not do it now when they're one-year-old, two-year-old, two-years-old, three-years-old, whatever it is, and that person is willing to take them in. So in the book, I introduce the idea Who do you feel safe with, kids? And I address all kids. All kids are oh-so-safe kids, whether they're safe at home or not safe at home. I keep it very inclusive. So I I say in the book, I explain the concept of respect and disrespect. Safety and not not unsafety, if you will, or abuse. And I define it in very simple terms. If anybody hurts you or somebody you live with in your home, it makes you feel yucky and scared. That's not your fault. And they need to do better if it's mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad. So I really lay it out, but I'm truthful, but I'm also very kind about it, if you will. And I'm I'm trying to get the kids to say, who do you feel safe with? And to say your cheer. 
I want to live where I am also safe. And I am also safe with you fill in the blank. And I say in the book, it's okay if you're too scared to say, that's okay. If you're not ready to say, or you could lie and say, yeah, I'm safe with mom and dad when really you're not. I, wherever they are, it's okay. They could say it. They could be silent about it. And they could say it quietly to themselves. I want to live where I am also safe. And I am also safe with auntie or whoever that is. So I'm laying the groundwork in residency as well as out there like schools and libraries. Kids need to have a say on who they want to live with. And they know they should have choice. They have a voice. Let them decide. Let them decide. Why wait until they're 18? Because by the time they're 18, Jaime, they're going to turn to drugs, alcohol, cutting, eating disorders, getting involved with the wrong people, and ultimately suicide. Why? Why? So the book is all about choice, voice, and the focus is on kids, obviously, like giving them that option that they that and it'll get them on the road to healing. So it'll be a, it's going to be a staple in all residency. It'll it's making a taboo subject untaboo, if you will, with the book. And and I, I want to say I dedicated it to my niece because my niece is being abused. I have been saying this for it's important to say. And I'm doing everything that I can where she'll speak out. And that way, the third level of OsoSafe certification will be invoked and initiated. And that's an OsoSafe adoption. And that's when I'll take her in because she wants to live with me. She's just surrounded by abuse. And so the book is the inspiration from her. And she read the book, actually, my niece, and she loves it. She was crying happy tears. So I knew when I have a a stamp of approval from someone like her who's going through it, I knew I had, I did the right thing. And thank you for sharing that. It's, it's really hard when somebody goes through something like that. And it, you're doing an amazing, a phenomenal job in getting rid of ACEs, adverse child um, experiences. And that's the reason that a lot of people do go through self-coping mechanisms through trauma responses because of just you don't have to physically harm a child to make to do harm to them they hear they see they feel things if there's a traumatic experience going around them they can get secondhand trauma just from by seeing that mommy beats dad or dad beats mommy or they're verbally aggressive and even the tension in the room things of that nature if the parents are not getting the help that they need, the therapy that they need, the counseling, the assistance, and they are resorting to har- to harm verbally, physically, financially. The child absorbs all of that. It, and they learn that this is a norm. And then either they become an aggressor growing up or they become a victim of an aggressor because that's the only lifestyle that they've learned. And these are c- trauma responses that if not intervened, like you said, can lead to pre- to drug addiction, to cutting, to self-harm, to and other things up to suicide because they don't know what to do with all these emotions. They don't know what to do with all the trauma that they've experienced, all the negativity. And these are not normal things that a child should 
ever or a person or an adult should ever go through. So having books like this, having the organization that you have is such a fundamental piece to really start the change to stop this from occurring. Thank you so much. Yes, we, we echo everything that you said. Absolutely. Kids are, are sponges. Uh, the younger they are, the more they're absorbing everything. So as a, we are all role models, whether we like it or not, we are role models to kids, whatever the, the kids in your life in whatever capacity that is. If you're a parent, if you're, excuse me, a step parent, if you're an aunt, an uncle, a grandpa, whatever it is. So make it good because they're going to absorb then good. But if you're going to make it bad, they're going to absorb bad. And just like you said, the cycle will continue. And why there five children a day are murdered in this country alone at the hands of an abusive parent under the watch of a child protective service agency. Five a day are murdered. 15 million children witness violence in their own homes each and every year. And those are just the ones that are documented, just the ones that we know about. It's just mind-blowing and and why th there's no need for it there's discipline and then there's abuse you have to discipline your child we're not saying don't discipline but discipline instills education and abuse instills fear big difference huge difference mm -hmm. so with our certifications that's what we a component of that is is education to give guidance to parents. Look, if you're hitting your kid, if you're verbally disparaging them, we don't allow that in an OSO-SAFE certified property. You're held to a higher regard, a higher standard. You're going to, we have therapists. They're going to help you to guide you in better parenting, but there's not going to be any abuse here. Otherwise you're out. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. It's, and you echo that. So thank you. Yeah. And one of the reasons I'm very passionate about your business and what you're advocating is I really don't share this a lot, but I was abused as a child. And that created a certain set of psychological issues that led through me into early adulthood to the point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I tried taking away my life. And fortunately, it didn't work out and I was able to live and I'm here. But some people are not so fortunate. Some people, unfortunately, like you said, either get murdered fall into drug addiction, overdose, have successful suicide attempts, and their journey ends there. Where if programs like this existed in my neighborhood, I wouldn't have gone through that. The pain, the suffering that I went through, and my family went through because of things of this nature. So once again, thank you for what you're doing because it, it really does make a change. And as, as, a, as a survivor of suicide, as a survivor of child abuse, I, I thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for saying thank you. And thank you for being open. We never met each other. We don't know each other. So it takes a very big person to disclose what you just disclosed. And I echo that. I thank you. And I'm glad that you're here. And when you live in that type of environment and firsthand, you have the weight of the world on you. And... Suicide is definitely a part of your existence and it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, but that's how you feel. And that's how 
that's what your family members, mom, dads, whoever's abusing you, and it could be several people, like my niece is just surrounded. That's what you keep attacking somebody and attacking. You're breaking them down to come out of that. It's going to take a lot of healing, a lot of tools, a lot of work, a lot of some sort of a support system. And that's why we believe in therapy because now with therapy, it could be group therapy. It could be one-on-one, whatever works for you, as long as you have that third party to help you and that it's a good fit. But that's why I'm fighting hard for what I, what we do. And my niece and so many other children like my niece, like you said, there could be a chance that you don't make it because it's too much. It's too much. And I personally know or knew four people that committed suicide. Four that I personally know. All of them are men. Male. They're all male. Under the age of 35. And they were all abused as children in some capacity. So there's a pattern. And it's no way to live. It's no way to live. As far as we're concerned at Oso Safe, life is hard enough. You don't need to be dealing with verbal, physical, sexual abuse, violence, abuse, chaos, dysfunction. Absolutely not. We're doing everything we can to get it resolved in residency. This is where the real estate industry needs to move. Mm -hmm. Because if we get it resolved in residency, a lot of other problems will be resolved. So thank you, Jaime, for you, you said you thanked me before for being vulnerable and opening up. And I, I say the same thing to you. Thank you. I really do appreciate it. And with all of the experience and knowledge that you've gained thus far, if you were to go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you say to yourself? Be good to you. Be good to you slash trust the good. When you live in that type of environment, it's hard to trust anything good that happens. And then you you sabotage those experiences, the good stuff. So I would say, trust the good, allow good in. I would say that to myself. I love that. And sometimes it can be hard because of everything that you go through. (laughs) Sometimes you feel like you don't deserve the good that you're too corrupted for the good. But it's never too late to feel good and appreciate what you're going through. Yeah, and exactly. It makes it very hard. You, It's all that noise, right? You're no good. You don't deserve any good. You don't trust it. Oh, it's going to go away. It's going to disappear. There's going to be a breakup or no, it's not really good. You downplay it. All of that is your programming, your bad programming. Because if you lived in a safe environment, none of that noise would even enter your mind. And I'm so grateful to the parents, the kids, the households that practice safety that are already oh so safe. Because you're proof that it can be done. Because when you live in that type of environment that's chaotic and dysfunctional, You're told, and I'm sure, Jaime, you relate. Everybody lives like this, right? Like, you're the problem. You made me hit you. You made me put you down. If you just did this, 
then I wouldn't have had to have a, or hit you or whatever. It's all brainwashing that the abusive family members do to you to keep you in control. But in households that practice empowerment, encouragement, freedom of choice, respect, safety, none of that happens. None of that happens. Yes, there are problems, but they work them out. There's no abuse. There's respect. There's discussion. There's, they give each other space. There's no, so I'm sure you understand. Yes, completely. And a lot of the times they justify the aggression, whether it be physical or not. Don't like you're trying to explain yourself of a situation. Don't talk back to me. You never talk back to me. You only speak when spoken or when adults are around, you're not allowed to speak or you're never allowed to ask why or ask questions. And my word is the only word to say. There was a saying my dad used to always tell me that I, I hate. And he said, no, you never have true friends in life. The only friends you have are your parents because they are the ones who know best. And they're the ones that are always going to be there for you. Your friends are never going to be there for you. And that's instilled in myself for a very long period of time that I can't trust other people. I can't trust anyone. And it's, it's a very gaslit, toxic trait because then you're isolating yourself to only trust these people that are not always the best for you. Exactly. It's gaslighting. Yes, that's exactly what he was doing. It, it's to keep you in control, keep you under his rule, like my house, my rules type of thing. And right. Uh, yeah. Abusive family members, whether it be mom, dad, stepmom, stepdad, abusive family members, they'll say, all of those things. I'm trying to remember something that my father or mother would say. Like it was all it was understood in my household, even though they never really said it. You don't talk about what goes on here out there. Yeah. Like everything in here, you don't say it out there. And thinking back, they never really said that, but you knew. You you understood that because you're scared. You're petrified. You're you have shame and you have guilt, especially as a child. It's I remember watching shows, and I would say in my head as a kid, "How come my family is not like that? How come my family is not? Wow, they just worked out a problem without beating the crap out of each other, and that's not working out a problem. That's violence. Yeah, and to this day, like you said, you you think that's normal." And it takes work to reverse the damage. And there's so much damage. So you're doing your best to reverse all the damage, unsteal what was stolen from you. It's unconscionable. And there are families that none of this exists, none of it. I find it mir miraculous. And I know people, I've, they're close family friends and and I hear them in conversation and they're talking and I'm like, wow, it's like a miracle that they just resolved this problem without yelling, screaming, without beating each other up, without like it, it's actually resolved for real, not for pretend. So, yeah, I, I, I echo that. I totally understand what you're what you're saying, where you're coming from. Yeah, and he's and even as you're speaking right now, I'm getting like 
like flashbacks. Like I don't have a relationship with my father. He's no longer in my life, nor my mom's or my sister's. He's just out. He was one of the, the biggest toxic people in my life. And just thinking about it, he would break dishes. He would punch holes in the walls. He would yell at my mom, manipulate her. She wasn't allowed to wear dresses. She wasn't allowed to talk to other men. She wasn't allowed to have even women friends. He controlled all the finances. My mom had to always have the house clean, cook, take care of us, everything, while he just sat back and did nothing. And it was like I wasn't allowed to speak to him. I wasn't allowed to hug him. He was very homophobic. I was not allowed to like, I never received a hug or a kiss from my father. It was like, and if I did, it was forced. It wasn't, it was because people were pressuring him to do, not because he naturally wanted to. And it was the relationship that I had with him made me have not, I struggle still having relationships with guys. I, I don't have any male friends because he made it so toxic that I didn't know if I had a guy friend, will I feel that shame, that guilt, that resentment? So it made it for a long period of time for me to be able to respect other men the same way. And that's why I always lean towards women because they were more empathetic. They also understood what I went through because unfortunately, this happens a lot more to women. Thank you for saying that, Jaime, and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you went through all of that, that you're in a way... Me, I'm still going through it. You're still going through it in some capacity, right? We're not 100% healed and that may never happen, but it doesn't mean that you can't be healing every day, healing a little bit more each day. And I, I totally feel for you. Believe me, I, I understand where you're coming from and it's very painful. It's mm -hmm. just very painful. And, but you're doing the right thing. Because it's the only way to survive. You can't get along with the terrorist. There's no way. You no. can't get along with the terrorist. Maybe they'll see the light of day. Maybe they'll, they'll, but maybe not. And that's not your job. That's not your job. And what you can do, which I feel that you are doing, is you're, you have removed yourself from the situation. And even if it means not talking to them, if that's what it takes, to be at a state of peace, to be in a state of who you are, who you truly are, then so be it. Mm -hmm. When people say family is everything, yeah, family is everything when family is positive, mm -hmm. empowering, encouraging, safe, respectful. Mm -hmm. Yes. But if those things are, those components are not there, you got to go. You got to go to the other side of the planet for crying out loud. And that's okay. That's what you need to do. It's obviously there. They continued the cycle of violence. They continued it and you're, you broke it. So that is awesome. That is awesome. As my therapist would say to me, it's amazing you didn't wind up with somebody that is like your father. My longtime boyfriend is the opposite of my father. So usually people go towards what they're used to and they continue that cycle and then they have children and it, it no. So I applaud you. I, I, I honor your pain. And, and I want to say we're very encouraging at Osos. Like we, we want to be encouraging. We want to be positive and we want to it's not hopeless and we believe that residency can be safe that the people in the residence 
can be safe, that violence, abuse, chaos, dysfunction will not be a part of anyone's life, especially a child. And that's how it should be. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we both have gone through such an intense childhood, but we're both here and we're both doing something to use that as a strength to be able to help others and to get through one person at a time. And I can go on this topic for, as you can tell, forever, but (laughs) I'm going to turn it back in. If someone is going through something similar, that kind of similar that we went through, what would be one piece of advice that you would offer them to get out of that? A few things. For one thing, see if they can get us hired into the property. If they're renting, if they're renting or like I said, rent, own, have a mortgage or not, talk to the owner of the property to see if we can get in there and get the property also safe certified. Our services are ready. We're ready. The education component as well as the technology component. I would also say that this is not your fault. You're not alone, that you're not crazy. Even though your abuser will tell you're crazy, you're out of your mind. I hit you. What are you talking about? You got into an accident. All of these things. You're not crazy. You are right to feel the way you feel. Fearful, panicked, not heard, so on and so forth. Any type of therapy is better than no therapy. And they may have to try on a few therapists for size. Let that be okay. Not all therapists are created equal. So try on a few. And the therapist, after you leave the session, the therapist that where you feel a little less heavy, bingo, that's your therapist. The one that after the session, you feel like you could exhale a little bit, that's your therapist. Because a therapist is a third person and they'll make you aware of certain things and help you to see clearly. Because when you're in that type of environment of toxicity, you can't see clearly on your own. It's all, it's virtually impossible. The other thing that I want to say is, and this goes back to the certifications, also safe certifications, don't leave. Get the abuser out. That's who needs to go. The abuser. Don't you be leaving, trucking the kids, going here, like running around like a refugee. No, it's the abuser that has to go. And, and we're working on that, obviously, with our products and services. This is part of what I said before, trying to get people to change their minds about residency, safety in residency. So all those things put together, I would say, that would be our advice to, to anyone going through this. But it has to stop. And we will see to it that it does right, right in residency. Yeah. Thank you so much. And what great pieces of advice. And for my last question, it's the whole premise of the podcast. There's a lot of people that go through what you went through and these obstacles and this trauma that don't make it through, that sometimes use it and as as their wall to not let them move forward. But you used it, you you broke it down and you became a true unicorn by using these adversities and still plummeting through and going through and achieving success and opening up your own business and helping others and not go through the same trauma that you went through. 
So what is one piece of advice you can give to people to help them with their own unicorn transformation process? Do it wrong until you get it right. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. There's going to be obstacles thrown at you. There's always going to be reasons not to do something if it's the right thing for you to do. There's always going to be reasons not to do that. Do it wrong until you get it right. Because that way, that takes away your stop signs, right? So, no. And, and I like to say that because the stop signs get lifted and that way you, you have green lights. And you're go when I say do it wrong until you get it right, just do it. And then as you're doing it wrong, something right is going to be done. You're going to be doing something right amidst the, in the middle of doing it wrong. And then you'll take that for the next thing, the next step, that, yeah, that, that would be my advice. I love that. I love that so much. And it's been such a pleasure to have you on here. And I know this is our first time meeting, but I feel so connected to you. So thank you so much for being here. And if someone wants to get a hold of you or get oh so safe, how can they do? Thank you, Jaime. I, I feel the same way. Uh, I feel the same way, really. We have a website, ososafe.com. We're on all the major social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. We have something called Safe Kids, but people can Google Sabrina Oso. We're on TikTok as well as YouTube. And, and we focus on Safe Kids, where we speak to children of all ages about abuse, about safety about warning signs if they're of dating age what are the warning signs so that's on tiktok and youtube and and then the book is being sold on amazon.com but those are the best ways to reach us awesome thank you so much and for listeners if you haven't done so already make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review episodes come out every friday at 7 a.m and sabrina thank you once again so much for being here giving us all these wonderful pieces of advice and letting us know what Oso Safe was all about. Thank you, Jaime. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Likewise. Until next time. Thanks again for listening to Finding the Unicorn in You. 